The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a moment with Morris.com and blackblueprints.com. That's blackblueprints with a Z.com. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We are bringing you the newest episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say some, say some, say something. This is where we get together, talk about everything happening in the life out here, the traffic out here in these streets. In these, in these cold, cold streets. Yeah, yeah. And they super cold right now. Keeping it romantic for the jump off to the cuffing season. (laughs) Brother, I'm... Man, I'm beanied up right now in, in my in my crib, but it's cold out here, man. It's cold oh, out here. Cold in these streets. We are bringing you episode number 90. Yes, sir. Big nine zero. Boom, boom, bang. And as always, we'd like to give a, a, a salute, a shout out to somebody. we like to dedicate an episode to, as we are in this uh, political and, and election climate, a nation divided. There was one individual who was really forging a path and making a way. Uh, she was born in 1924. She was a politician. She was an, uh, an educator. She was also an author. Uh, she was the first black woman that was elected to the uh, U.S. Congress. She represented New York for seven straight terms. In 1972, she was the first uh, black candidate running for, for the presidency. And she was also the first uh, Democratic candidate who was a woman. She was the first black person to run on a major ticket. And she was nothing but groundbreaking and trailblazing her and her entire life. And she passed January 1st, 2005, like right when the new year came in, uh, she was called home. But she was somebody who was just dedicated. She was focused. We, we always look, look to Obama because he was the first black president that was elected. But uh, he was a, walking along the path in the footsteps of someone who came before him. So rest in peace. A shout out one time to, to Shirley Chisholm. Young Shirley. Shirley. I don't know if they even Shirley. teach about her. I don't think they teach about her in school. No, they don't. You know, but they don't they don't treat they don't treat or teach black people anything. <laughs> yeah. And so for us, like I said, there's a lot of us. That's why it's important that we focus on on our education and telling our stories because we have a lot of we've done a lot of great work historically uh when it comes to creativity, when it comes to inventions, when it comes to just working amongst people and when it comes to working through the system and it pertains to policy and and whatnot. And so we need to make sure that we honor our folks and we tell our stories because we can't rely on other people to, to hold up our, to hold up our heroes and to hold up our ancestors and to hold up, you know, our stories and value them like they're their own. If we don't appreciate them, but we do. And we continue to allow them to control our narrative and we continue to allow our narrative to be played in the back. You know, with some good background music, we're the background um, singers and the background dancers um, with the ability to be the lead of, um, you know, the stage for the dancers or for the singers. But we decide to continue to stay in the background because it's more comfortable. Yeah. Instead of Michael, we just we just clinging to be Tito. Well, I mean, you saw what happened to the Jackson <laughs> 5 after Michael split, right? We, you know we just tried. Jermaine tried, you know what I'm saying? He tried, but that Michael Jackson wave was just too much. And I guess that's a lot of when you look at it, when we're dealing with all that we're dealing with, as we know, um, we talk about elections and we talk about Super Tuesday and, you know, we talk about changing the dynamics of what we need to change. Um, it, it, it's a tough kind of, um, you know, round for round um, daily grind. Um, being black in America is truly um in, in so many words, as I continue to grow in my experience, as I continue to develop in my thoughts um, and I get older and older, it's totally freaking exhausting. I'm more <laughs> exhausted than I've ever been being a black person in America. I want to go back to where being a black person in America, I guess, wasn't so much of a strain when I was younger. You know, of course, things have always been happening. But I think that when you start getting older, you start seeing the effects of Reaganomics. You start seeing um, effects of um, Richard Nixon's call on the war on drugs, a.k.a. the war on black people. You start seeing the reasons why we had to fight um, for political um, 
um, representation, right? When we talk about the voting rights and things of that nature of just to be able um, to be a black person to vote. And this is like, you know, 1960s, right? You yeah. know what I mean? Wasn't that long ago. It ain't that long ago, family. Yeah. Um, how we were murdered um, and killed. We were murdered. We were, we were beaten, holes down just because we wanted to vote. How we had to really tell them, hey, I am human. I am man. I am woman. To see all of that work and to see that we still have a lot more work and to watch what was happening um, like currently with the, with the presidency and so many other different things, the, the Senate, um, mm, it just, brother, like, you know, I'm amped up um, in so many different ways because I think there was so many different narratives being spun all at the same particular time. And with me understanding black people, we don't know how to focus because I remember black people celebrating in 2016 that, wait a minute, we are Wakanda forever. Yeah. And to me, that was a trip because we had already been experiencing our Wakanda moment previously because we were knowing and understanding the the the, the way black people needed to move, not in a mess, an idea of separation, but an idea of building our own. So you have that 2016 moment, which really brought black people out of the woodwork to say, wow, I can experience uh, this racist America as a black person and I don't have to comply. I don't have to uh, conform like, yeah, you can be black. Whoa. And then you have who to thunk it. Yeah. Right. Then you have the coming of, you know, the Trump era where expo it exposed America and even a deeper shell for those who just didn't believe and thought that folks like myself and others were just speaking out of anger or just hadn't worked hard enough to get the American pie or just race baiting or just yeah. creating a racial undertone in an America that had been involved in that previously, but has come with um, more equity and more value for people of color. And it truly in this experience in the last four years, you've watched and you've seen not necessarily policy, yet but yeah. you watch and you've seen rhetoric create an embodiment of what you've seen in history books because they'll at least teach you that in a civil rights era they'll tell you about those things and how niggles still couldn't sit here um they're not telling us to sit certain places but they sure telling us how they feel yeah it's uh there's a lot of people who are saying that um the racial climate or people's hearts and minds have changed since uh Trump has been president. But the reality of it is, is that it, it, he gave a lot of people the confidence to to speak out when they would have looked a certain way before him. Like when, when, when Obama was president to say anything anti-black or and oh, I take that back anti against a black person was immediately interpreted as racist. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you couldn't hold somebody to the fire because you didn't like them as an individual or their job or whatever. And everything was automatically jumped to that. It will, it's, it, you're being racist. And so everybody's like, I can't say anything. I can't say anything. I can't say anything. Well, now I got a guy in here who's given me license to say what I feel. Man. And so all the things that I've wanted to say, not for the last four years, but forever, for the last, <laughs> forever. But, but even more specifically the last 12, like even just subtle things and, and, and little comments and all those things that I've been holding in, that I've been wanting to say, that I've been wanting to share. I now have a full tank and I got clear license to express what, what was Clayton Bigsby. Got hate on your heart. Let it out. Mm -hmm. Like it, just go ahead and express whatever it is that you want to say. And now you're doing it with a little bit of extra. And so and I also think there's a percentage of people who are like those swing states when it comes to voting. They were on the fence. Like they haven't been waiting to say they haven't had one in the chamber forever, but they've had some views that they just kind of were quiet about or they've seen a couple things that they want to speak on that they didn't. And now you see the guy next to you is just giving it with both barrels. You see the, the woman next to you feel completely free to say whatever she wants. So now that person who was kind of on the fence is now leaning to the vocal majority now who they're around. So there's people who haven't been waiting their whole life to start speaking on Hispanics or black people or whatever, but they feel now emboldened to get off the fence and they've chosen a side like this. This current administration has made a lot of people feel like I could finally get some stuff off my chest. 
and in a climate to where the economy has been struggling in areas and especially since since covid mm. where folks are laid off not allowed to keep their businesses open kids at home with them got to deal with your significant other that you used to get away from for 10 hours out the day uh oh i got gotta, now you got to find out if you really love her now <laughs> yeah but but now i've got a group of people that i can talk about like i can channel all these frustrations all these problems and i can direct them now at groups of people freely without fear uh, of repercussion now don't mean repercussion ain't happening that was that that asian dude in arizona yeah. who, who who got caught up talking talking all this craziness but he's but he's gonna bounce back and no not i didn't see the asian community come out and denounce him you get what no. i'm saying i'm just like, saying he got fired no and there are gonna be were, yeah they're gonna be repercussions but i guarantee you he's gonna bounce back yeah, that that area is affluent. He's not going to struggle, but he's he's going. You know, he, he, it's there's people who are starting to realize, like they're willing to risk it all. There, there's all kind of people been losing their jobs every time they say something, and it sounded like they losing don't care. their jobs and being supported right afterwards. Period. Yeah. Most I ain't gonna say most of. I mean, I think if you're the guy who works at Target and you got fired because you got caught on there, I don't think the community's rallying behind you. But I think that, but there's a lot of people who've had some safety nets show up for them. Well, and, I've seen a lot of folks, like for instance, there was an incident in Kaiser um a couple of years back, and the girl made a GoFundMe and she had like raised over a hundred thousand dollars. You know what I mean? So I know Target and Kaiser are two different job settings and you know, yeah, um, ways of a career path. But at the same particular time, I just think that folks have embraced this idea of popping off at the mouth and not really, as you said before, repercussions. Okay. I'll deal with it as long as I'm speaking my truth. And at the same particular time, because we're such a forgiving people, right? I'm just going to say, sorry, um, kind of went over my head. This is not who I really am. And we'll move on with our day. Yeah. I'll go to rehab. <laughs> Racist rehab. Remember that? That, was, that was the thing for the longest time. Every day, every time somebody got oh, caught saying God. something reckless racially, I, I'm gonna go to rehab. I, I I have a problem. Well, where we're at right now is uh, we're doing the podcast live. It, it it is Wednesday, November fourth, and this is after the bulk of the votes have come in for the for the presidential election. And so currently, right now, uh, Joe Biden, aka Sleepy Joe, uh, has got 238 of the electoral college votes. And uh, Don the Con Trump current administration, I uh, sitting at two thirteen, with a um, with quite a few states left to get all of their their counts in. So this is the morning after the initial the initial count, and there are people who are just waiting to see what the jump off is today. You know, waiting to see which direction that this this nation goes. It's uh, by electoral college votes. It, there's a high probability that. Trump continues for another four years based upon the states that he's currently leading in and the states that Biden is currently leading in and the number of electoral college votes those states each have. And we know, folks, that you guys are confused about the electoral college votes. I um, mean, it, it is very confusing, but this is something that, you know, um, one, I think we need to get rid of <laughs> because I think that this kind of plays into a lot of what we heard as rumors, but I definitely believe it plays a part into these elections because we saw it happen um, four years ago with um, the Russians being involved and, um, you know, Iran also being involved in this election. So I just believe that there's always a, a, a swing of controversy. But, you know, when you have Florida, you have Texas, those um, states that continue to be red and you have all those you know, Southern states that continue to be red. Um, Money Mitch is continuing to be your, um, you know, Senate rep in Kentucky. And it did, it didn't matter about the whole Breonna Taylor protest all summer and the fiasco that is um, happening right now with the AG and Louisville. Y'all Negroes continue to put a white supremacist in office and i ain't gonna say i shouldn't excuse me let me say let me back up i ain't gonna say all y'all negroes but some of y'all negroes or i don't know if it was y'all negroes but he's back um what i what, what i look at and i didn't mean to really interrupt you but i'm kind of frustrated by this whole process um because there's been so many things um uh, to digest and there's so many things to deflect on and there's so many things to reflect on 
um, when you look at the protests and the um, righteous uprisings that were this summer for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Aubrey, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey, and just the simple fact that we were tired of being tired and sick of what it was, and then all of the kind of continuums of different shootings that happened that didn't get the national headlines. Some of these places, right, like Minnesota, still went to Trump. Like some of these major places where protesting went down and, and a lot of things happened, it still went the side of Trump. So it's either you got a whole majority of, of, of white folks coming out saying, we ain't having it. You have some real voter suppression going down beyond the measures that we know or Negroes really bought the foolery and and, and uh, um, the celebritant um, pandering of Trump, the celebrity uh, um, thought process of hold the black vote, the celebrity um, ideas that we're just going to be okay, just let's move this direction and the wee hours of, of, of the night or were so enthused by a Kanye West who has just embarrassed himself. I think he got like 400 some votes. I'm not too sure, but just kind of. I think it was, I think I saw some, he he got, I think it was somewhere. I'm going to say it's from crazy. That's like 50,000. Really? Somewhere. What well, were just in those high, all those all. Yeah, I think it was somewhere like around. Years, you had. Well, I mean, vote. 350 million people, 50,000 is not really. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it, 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 it might as well say uh, 400. Okay. Yeah. So the woke Negroes, the, the celebrity Negroes, the wealthy Negroes, all these Negroes who all of a sudden became political experts within the last three months who were dormant for so long speaking to the black community that already has so much on their plate. So think about what we're going through. We're going through the pandemic, right? And in the pandemic, now we're still continuing to be on the streets fighting for racial um, equality and police brutality. In that midst, of having this idea of, okay, like, I know that I have to vote in November. Here comes a bunch of these celebrity Negroes that you've listened to, that you've watched, and some of us have grown up um, admiring, some idolizing. Now, all of a sudden, give you 10 different messages, right? It's yeah. like 10 different messages are being thrown out. You just got done uh, protesting all day all night on the streets and now you're flipping getting motivated getting ready to say all right we're going to do this vote thing and now here you got negro one negro two negro three silly negroes all speaking all different languages that to me is going to definitely affect the mindset of black people that already have a hard enough time adjusting to all the things that we have to adjust in now I say that because majority, I would say, not again, let me let me back a pedal. Not majority, but the common analogy for, for a lot of this is the ignorance politically. And this is not just black people, it's just common folks in Americans. General. Americans yeah. are yeah. politically ignorant because those propositions, those measures, those even um, you know, opponents, right? Those those folks that are uh, running for seats and office and things of that nature, it can be diluted with so much wordplay that confuses you. So yeah. we're here trying to figure out what's the best thing to do state for state, right? Locally, statewide, right? You're, you're focusing on that. Then you're focusing on this national election. And but all in the time you have the chitter chatter Negro telling you stuff and you do appreciate the insight, and a lot of these niggas was making a lot of sense. They are not saying that they don't, but yeah. at the same particular time, what it does create is creates confusion. Then, on top of all of that confusion, you still have those bots on social media creating false propaganda because now it's a thing to do fake news. You have all that going simultaneously. Yeah. That is so much stimuli that. You would probably just say, you know what? I'm done. I'm gonna put this. <laughs> I'm gonna put this little ballot to the side. I'm gonna turn I'm my gonna TV off. I'm gonna unplug. And you know what? At the end of the day, I'm still black in America. So for me, the emotions isn't on a high level of we get a Biden, we get a um a freaking Trump. That you know, I'm still a black man in America. But I think that strategic wise. 
we've probably would have done a lot better to enforce certain things with a Biden, but maybe I might be just thinking too far into it and say, well, maybe it's better uh, that we have Trump. I, at this particular point, am just confused that we have this lack of unity, solidarity, and we don't really understand the lengths of having a Senate Senate ran by Republicans or having four more years of current rhetoric that what it creates. Now you got four years. See, the first four years was just a, a warm up. The, the next four years is where things that you've already planned for can now continue to be stuff that will affect us even after his presidency. So we're all over the place. I'm just exhausted. Brother, it's on you. Yeah, I think so. When you when you take over from somebody who did an eight year run and specifically with this administration, they spent the first couple of years, first 30 months just trying to undo what Obama did, like just point by point, program by program, just trying to undo the previous administration. And so when you go into your second term, this is where you get your stride. This is where you get to run. And so those things that you wanted to do, that you wanted to implement, this is where you've got a great opportunity, especially if you have the House and the Senate, to really start, you know, closing ranks and making stuff happen. Uh, I think a lot of us are not knowledgeable about how things work. They don't really teach civics in a lot of school districts. Uh, social studies is kind of laughable now if they even still teach it in, in really in depth. And when they do. I don't think that like even when I remember being in school, social studies, civics and stuff, it wasn't taught with significance, value or importance. Like no one actually relayed. It's important to know these things. And here's where it affects you in actual life. It was a class like anything else. It was let me just learn this. Let me get out. Let me just do this. Let me just remember enough to do well on tests and then go. But I don't think that we stress enough the importance of learning how systems work. You know, we, we we address how we don't like like that example. We don't like how schools are, but we are not knowledgeable or involved in the process of the educational system. We don't know who the superintendent is of the school that our three children go to. Mm. You know, we don't know when the, the school board meetings are happening in the districts that our children go to. Mm. Could, couldn't tell you, you know, and but we'll be the first ones to say that, well, the education system is failing our children, but we're not involved in any way, shape or form in that process. We look at our local politics and we don't like the way that this mayor is doing this or this council person is doing that. Uh, but we have no involvement and we don't even know who our council people are until it's election time. That's mm -hmm. when we see their name. We don't know who the mayor is until it's time to campaign or something bad is happening in the city. Uh, most people don't know who the lieutenant governor is of their state. You know what I mean? Most people don't know who, who their state representative is. Politically ignorant, dog. That's yeah. it. And so when we talk about how the system works or how it applies to us or what we like or don't like, most of us are not knowledgeable enough. And when I mean us, I'm referring to just the average American. Yeah. Most of us are not knowledgeable about the system, how it works, how it's structured. You know, said like, who's your congressman? What does an alderman do? Like all these things that that are intricate within the system. We don't, we're not involved at all. We just look at the results and say if we like it or not. You know what, bro? Like, I'm at the point that I'm really tired of Negroes, though. I'm just gonna be very <laughs> honest with you, dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want to? This this is a show. Say something. I mean, I'm so glad that we're back on because it was like, boy, I had so much to vent. <laughs> right. <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> Especially when I kept on going back and forth to Facebook jail. I'm just tired of Negroes. Um, because I just really just want to know. So what do we want to do? Right. And 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 again, prefacing to back to what I said earlier, you had some woke Negroes saying, Hey, you know what? F the white man system. I agree. You had the celebrity political expert telling us, hold the black vote. Let's have a meeting before, which I agree. But I also think that mm, why now during pandemic, when you never spoke upon this, when, you know, we didn't have a pandemic, you never talked about this like two years into Donald Trump's, you know, uh, presidency. There was no conversation like this, especially from black entertainers. You know, no. it was just kind of 
you're, you know, we're quietly existing. As soon as the pandemic hits, I think everybody is trying to find a way to be relevant. So now all of a sudden campaigns coming down, let's talk about it. It's like, whoa, well, well, I, I think there's something a little different with that. I agree with that to a certain percentage, but uh, when it pertains to entertainers and stuff, the difference is now they have free time. So, so not even necessarily that they're trying to be relevant. A lot of them literally have nothing to do, and, that, and that's what and that's what I say. Connect to relevancy because they don't have anything to do that's well, I mean, connecting us to see them in a light that it's like entertaining or a light of value. Well, I mean, okay? not even. I'm sure there's a percentage of them doing that. I mean, I think some of them literally, like, like not like let me do this so I can be in the limelight, or let me do this so people can see me or hear me. Let me do this because I'm losing my mind with literally nothing to do. I like I, I can't travel. I can't do shows. I can't do do concerts. I can't do stand up. Uh, movies were held off. TV shows weren't filming. Like I just, I, I just have it. I have all these thoughts. I have all this energy, and I have nothing to do. Let me. So what helpful. do you? So what do you do? You just start talking. Yeah, and, and they, you start and, paying attention to stuff that and you, you didn't start pay having for. podcasts, and you start having yeah. interviews and all that. Well, because let me, let, you go, uh, let, me, let me just and then. The other Negroes, the black Trump supporters, because there's plenty of black Trump supporters. Yeah. There are plenty of them. Now, if Trump does win and there's four more years of him, either way, Biden wins. There was going to be some um, friction. Uh, Trump wins. There probably be a lot more um, if I could kind of visualize it in a way uh, because of one People are very pissed off, and I've already encountered it in my, um, you know, team in say, Marin say, City. Say that one more time. You, you broke up real quick. Say that one more I time. I said I've encountered it, and my people in Marin City have encountered okay. watching Trump stirs intimidation tactics driving through our communities. Literally, they went in the community of Marin City. Marin City is majority black. That is a black community, right? Off on the, you know. The sides of Marin, they just say, let's throw the castaway Negroes over here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Marin City is a black community, right? They drove in thinking that they was going to have a parade. My people shut that down. Then all throughout. Did they go the to United Oakland? States. No, I don't think they did. Did they try Oakland? I don't think they tried <laughs> But, you know, we're probably. I won't be surprised if they weren't moving and grooving. I ain't heard no reports, but I saw it for myself. When I was with my youngsters in Metaview, you know, they was pulling in and, you know, I was just kind of just stood ground. I didn't argue. I didn't yell. I just stored the devil right in their eyes and they couldn't even look at me because it was funny when my back was turned and they said something to my kids real cute. And my kids told me that. And I said, OK, well, cool. Let me just sit here and post and see what they're going to say now, because I'm going to stare at them all until they drive off. And they didn't even look my way because yeah. then now it's like, OK, jokes are over. But what I'm saying is they have appeared. Yeah. Right. And rallied. And they've even um, in, and I want to say Texas really uh, uh, created such mass hysteria when there was a Biden Harris uh, bus that had them kind of shut down their operations for that day because the intimidation and the fear. So the rally cry for them, I can't be mad at it because they just took a playbook from what has been a lot of the protesting that would be considered Black Lives Matter, right? Because yeah. they want to throw us all in the Black Lives Matter yeah, yeah. protest um, realm, even though it's not. But not for the not sake of going back and forth and, and delegating and arguing with people, we'll just say the Black Lives Matter uh, protest of the summers and the summers before and the, and the yeah. years before, right? So here you have our Black Trumpsters. When blood gets shed, because there will probably be some situations. I don't believe it's going to be an all-out civil war. In order for it to be an all-out civil war, we, the folks who are fighting to, to, to get whatever and gain something, we have to have something. You know what I'm saying? And a lot yeah. of us don't have enough. We have guns, maybe, all right? And I'm sure we do that, but we don't have any foundation of power or structure yeah, there's, that yeah, there's, elevates us. There's no, if you said the civil war aspect, there's no... There's no win on on their side to us. You can, you can't take anything from us. You know, what I'm like like if you're like when if you're in war, if you're in battle, and you're about acquisition, accumulation, trying to move forward. Like well, let's have a civil war to decide for, over what? Yeah. Like like really over what? 
So uh, if you just want to start having random acts of violence against black people, because that's all it would be, because there's, there's no you're not gaining any ground politically, economically like you're not. Ta- we have nothing for you to take. Black people own one half of one percent of all the wealth, land and resources in the United States of America. It's like but, point, but, but, point five percent. But so even you, when I'm saying on the flip of that. We don't have enough to go there. Well, that's what I was getting. You know what I'm saying? So, so, I'm saying, so I said, for, so from their side, a war, there's nothing to accumulate from us. And on our side, we're not working with enough collectively to, to, to really battle this out. So you would just be dealing with individual acts of violence across the country for the sake of violence. And they've like, done it. And that's what I'm saying. Like it, it would be, you'd hear about it ain't like, nothing new. Like we yeah. watch them in domestic terrorism, but people don't want to believe that's even something that p- white people do. So again, to the black Trumpsters, now what's the plan? All right. So what do we do? We fall in line and and do what? Celebrate Trump's I'm, I'm, presidency honestly, for eight years. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm saying like, I'm not even mad. I'm not now, mad at black Trumpsters. No, I don't. But I'm, but I'm just saying it has to be a moment to where we as black people figure out this sense of solidarity of what the freak do we want? Because it does not seem that any of us are on the same page to actually say, what do we want? I can't listen to black millionaires who've done absolutely nothing for our communities or have done just as much as any government assisted um, entity by passing turkeys, giving out a few bikes on, um, you know, Christmas and maybe doing a foundation here and there and giving a kid a thousand dollars every blue moon for some scholarship. I'm just not trying to hear them when they don't sit there and show me aside to creating things that help them make more money infrastructure in the communities that some of them have left for ruins or some of them have created the kind of current state that the community is in because of their behavior and some of their rhetoric and some of their entertainment that we are so entertained by i just can't sit there and be excited about hearing some of these niggas when they cannot show me what they've done besides just talk and besides saying we're going to go with this white guy or we're going to go with this white guy because I know each party sucks. They've been yeah. sucked. What are we going to do to work our way out of it? Why? Because black people have enough resources. We have enough access and we have enough millionaires. So when I see guys like Puff Daddy run around here talking about a state of emergency in this pandemic, nigga, we've been in a state of emergency. We've been in a black pandemic. I don't want to hear about now we're going to come up with this political black party. You should have did that 20 years ago. I mean, and, it, and I, I don't want to try to make it seem as if it's all on them. But at the same particular time, don't start coming out trying to create these platforms to say, hey, listen to what I think we should do when you ain't said nothing to this point and ain't did nothing to this point. Anything that you've done has helped your pockets. It ain't helped us. It might have helped move some culture. It might have helped move a few black people into spaces and places to earn. I celebrate that because that's something that we need to do. But when we talk about infrastructure, we can go around uh, uh, across America. Black people do not have the infrastructure for things like this, whether it's Bush, whether it's a Biden, whether it's a Clinton, whoever is a president, Obama, that we would be okay. Asians are going to be okay regardless of the outcome, right? Latinos are going to be okay regardless of the outcome in so many different ways, even though some teeter to the fact of, well, they're standing on our sides. But the simple fact that we don't have- uh, Yeah, exactly. What about the immigration, right? But the simple fact that we don't have any real true economic structure that helps the common folk, the common folk be able to feel like they have a part of what is considered the American pie, the American dream to be able to elevate their voices, to be able to fend for themselves, to me is just exhausting because all we're doing is leading ourselves to nowhere. And I'm just tired of all of the conversation of all these Negroes. They're going to tell you, I got a solution. I got a solution, black people. But you got to pay me $10.99 to hear the solution. It's like, what? Okay, I got a solution, Black America. But if you give me for two days a seminar for 200 this is what these niggas will do. Like, whoa, put this money into here. And, and then it becomes no results. So what are we doing? I think they call those pyramid schemes. 
But I think <laughs> <laughs> my my thing is I, I'm 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 of the mindset that uh, I don't necessarily get to dictate when you see the light. So if if you're somebody who's 50 years old and I've never heard you speak on certain things up until today. Yes. Would I love that you had become enlightened at 20? Yes. But if it didn't happen until you were 50, that in itself is not a reason for me to just tune you out. Now, I'm going to look for the degree of, of effort that goes with your words and execution of what your plans are. But I don't just automatically discredit uh, who you were to who you are, because a lot of us have to live through certain experiences before we actually see enough or have enough happen to us to where we start caring about stuff. Some of us, we think that the world issues of the world are what's outside of my walls or that's what happens to them or those people over there. And then something happens in our world and then our eyes become open to something and then we become engaged and then we start to care. So if you if you're 40 and you ain't spoken on nothing, but now all of a sudden, because some of these issues now healthcare is important because your mama was on on certain had a certain plan and it got canceled and she couldn't get dialysis and she had cancer, and couldn't get treatment. Now you understand the significance of healthcare. You didn't care about those kids getting their schools closed because that's some kids over there till you got the letter. And now your kid is, is, is now got to get bust out somewhere. And now all of a sudden you want to be involved in the education process. So I'll, I'll I don't just automatically just say you're invalid because you haven't spoke on it. But then I look at who you are and I look at your consistency and I look at your works and any of that. Send me two hundred dollars for a seminar. You automatically are, are, are discounted out. That's, that's what you do, though. But I mean, I but mean, just just the idea of, well, you ain't spoken on this. So I that's ain't listening. Niggles, that's what that's what niggas do though. Like I mean, brother, I'm in this seeing it. This is like, <laughs> bro, I'm just flabbergasted. Like, what was all the protesting about? I thought they said if we didn't vote, they're gonna kill us. I mean, well, they've been killing us, and they killed us for voting. So I mean, what? So what are we gonna do moving forward? Because we're gonna have four more years, right? Yeah, at this it, particular point, it's a high probability. That, that, we that's go, a high probability. Trump's going to run it back like Drake. He's going to run it back to back. He's yeah. going to fall back to back. Yeah. <laughs> back to back, right? You know, he's 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 on his Laker swag right now. You know what I'm saying? So we have four more years. We get to hear the boldness, the narcissist. We get to hear the misogynist. We get to hear the sexist. We get to hear the rape, uh, the rapist, the, the racist. We get to hear the boldness. And the man that on his watch has over 200,000 people that died under COVID and he had the COVID playbook and continue to tell people it was no big deal. And yeah. then had COVID and walked around like, I'm okay. And what I know about and all COVID, those people who came down with COVID in his yeah. circle, secret service. But it doesn't every matter. It doesn't yeah. matter because he's yeah. the president, right? Yeah. And the simple fact that I know that you can have some, everybody reacts differently with 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 things that happen, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people's pain threshold and and people when they have headaches and, and people like when they have flus, you can operate differently, right? Like for COVID, some folks can still kind of operate. They have symptoms, but the symptoms aren't symptoms that are putting them in a bed. I know yeah. that a lot of media wants to create that this idea of COVID-19 and this is a sensationalism of it, which I hate. It's like, oh my God, you're going to be sitting in your bed and won't be able to get out. For, you know, two, three, four days. And then, you know, when they tell you to sit in, um, you know, shelter in place for 14 days, people will some people's visuals like this person is just, you know, just kind of shivering all night and things of that nature. It's yeah. not like that. You can probably still operate, but not operate in a way because you can, you know, you can spread it. What he does is. If he really had it, and I don't think he did, but let's say for the fact of us wanting to pretend he's not a liar and he's truthful of a yeah. man, he came through boldly and he ripped off his mask and looked like, like I'm God. And the cult-like figure that Trump has become has always shown us that pale people need this kind of anti-Christ-like superhero that's going to lead them and and keep them in power. I mean, this is just the the, the unfortunate fanfare that yeah. they have created in Trump, right? They've had this bigger than life personality, though a lot of these Trumpsters who die for his allegiance don't ain't got 
brother, Trump will probably rather hang with a hundred millionaire black men than he would with you, just to be honest yeah. with you. But the reality is they feel compelled because the rhetoric he speaks is how they feel. So with that being said, if we have four more years, what is the damn game plan? Because that platinum plan ain't going to really be able to do it. And the simple fact they gave us a platinum plan because, you know, they, you know, we used to love platinum, right? Platinum records, platinum jewelry. And the simple fact that he had all these black celebrities who he's already been friends with. Let's be very, very clear. He's been friends with because folks have to understand black people don't have the same problems. Like me and Jermaine's problems for rich black America ain't the same, right? You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, when they're fueled by money will solve it, politically, a lot of these things don't even, you know, really matter because what they're looking at is, well, shoot, this guy's going to keep me rich because he's going to help and protect the 1%. And there's some black people that are part of the 1%, not many, but there are some. So at this stage of the game, if four years is what we get, it's four years we deserve. And I don't want to hear nobody complaining. I don't want to hear nobody telling anybody anything. I'm going to tell y'all Negroes, do what you do best is build. But for those Negroes who talk all that shit about not voting, who talk all that shit about what we should do and how we should do it, if I don't see your monkey asses doing anything, moving forward, just talk, 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 I can't even take you seriously. That's just me. Well, I think what people also need to get ready for. So the Republicans have been on a real, real campaign to start to, to to go younger, to start having their talking heads to be younger people. You got guys like Ben Shapiro, like Candace Owens, people who are are speaking the conservative uh, campaign, the conservative conservative rhetoric from a younger perspective, because Republicans have always been associated with 70, 80 year old rich white men. Like that's been when people think Republican, they think old white man. So they've got people out there now who are on the ground, who have pretty strong followings, who are really reaching out, who are younger people, and they're planning for the future. And a lot of folks are focused on what Trump is doing right now. Quiet is kept. You better be concerned about Mike Pence, his vice president. When you want to start talking about potential policies that can get put in place that can directly affect you and somebody, the ruthless calculated one, the one who's really dotting the I's and crossing the T's is his vice president. And if you sit there and let Trump, Trump going to run it back to back. And when Pence comes at you in 2024, there will be people who will vote for him because he was riding with Trump. And so if you're on the Democratic side, you really need to start thinking about moving forward about what your plan is. Because right now, if you lose with Joe, your best bet right now is Hillary and Kamala. Huh? That's the democratic that that, that ex- facial expression right now whoa, is exactly whoa, whoa, whoa. is is slow exactly down, slow down slow down slow down. What did you just say, bro? <laughs> Bobby, come on. So, Maybe I needed to have some tea before I started this conversation okay. with you. So so in 2024. So you're telling Trump, me Trump runs it back to back, and Mike Pence is running for president. So you're telling me the Harris and Clinton it, tango it, for for Democrats right now. <sighs> like that should let you know where they're at. So, like, like, that's where they're at right Brother, now. Listen, man. that's where they're at right now. So, so th- I say that for the people saying you need to vote Democratic, <laughs> you need to do this and that. This is why you need to get your affairs and your house in order. Brother, brother, because if you are so concerned about what's going on with Trump, what's going on with the Republicans, the Republicans right now can run it 16 years based upon what the Democrats are doing. They yeah. can run back to back with Trump and run back to back with Pence. Because yeah. right, right now, like I said, the best two that the Democrats have to offer is Hillary Clinton and Kamala Harris I, and, just, thing, and run for the female vote. And my thing is this, bro. I mean, I mean, what are we doing? Like, What are we doing? So, so we don't vote locally. We, you know, we, we don't vote state. We don't vote nationally. We just are here living. Right. That's what black people want to do. Just here living. So all of these things that affect our kids and because we do pay taxes, yes. we pay taxes in and in, in, in number of places. So you're even if in you're politics. To, if you want to think, you, I don't want to be in politics, listen, you pay taxes, you're in politics. If you even taxes. if you're trying to, you, um, you know, some, a lot of folks is probably off the grid on certain levels. You're paying taxes in whatever you purchase in Every, whatever way. Everything you, you pay. Yeah. 
everything affects you as a human being, being black, white, or indifferent in America, unless you're some animal, you know what I mean? And then there's probably policies for that at some particular point, right? There is no escaping the political structure. So why not understand it better so we can strategize? I don't vote for emotions. I vote for strategy. I think of the leverage because I've become more political savvy because I understand by being deep into this shit, how this shit fucking affects all business. Like as running a nonprofit, I saw the worth of it. Like, whoa, damn. I understood the value of having certain council people that I was connected to and built relationships with necessarily not these great bonds, but relationships with so I can make sure that I know certain people when I need certain things to get done in my community. How do you get building spaces? How do you get land and property? And I know my moors are going to go run in and jump in and talk about um, nationalisms and all that stuff. I get it. Trust me, I do. But we're so far off that meter that we're still going to have to go to city planning if we want to get anything done. These are things that we have to do. And if we're not a part of knowing who knows who and that knows what and knows when, we're stuck. And we're going to continue to be stuck if we want to continue to be politically ignorant and act as if we're just in this place. We get mad at people pushing a hard line, but then we as pretend that there's no part of the hard line we got to push. I'm not saying voting is the only thing. I've been saying it since the Trap the Vote campaign. Voting is a part of the process, a part of the leveraging, a part of the thing. The build is the bigger component, but if you niggas don't want to vote, you niggas don't want to build, then what the hell do you want to do? I mean, literally, what the freak do you want to do? So the lack of of comfortability and and the the lack of, like when things get hard, that's usually when you start to see change. So irritation in itself may not enough to be changed. Like a a slight uncomfortability may not be enough for change. So there are a lot of people who it's not that bad. So there's a lot of people who are like, you know what? I ain't going to worry about it. You know, we talk about like voting being a a process, a part of the process. And we talk about how Asians have the lowest voter turnout rate. But they also have one of the highest percentages (laughs) of of home and builder uh, and and building ownership. Mm. Like if you go through the state of California, like the home ownership, um, commercial building ownership, is high all the way from California to Washington. Okay, so I don't necessarily who who you who's in the, in office doesn't really affect me. Like I'm not super concerned because what I'm going to do is take all this this revenue that I make from all this home ownership, all this property taxes, and who do I need to talk to? All right, we're going to throw X amount of dollars at your campaign. I just need to make sure that this this and this happens, and these the people over here leave me alone. We good? Sounds, sounds about right. We good. Okay. Because we have a lot of people who have influence that way who aren't citizens, who are felons. Like this, this idea that these, a lot of these rich folks, there's a lot of them that can't vote. Yeah. Because of deals that they did when they were younger, because mm-hmm. of stuff that they was involved with. They just have, they, but their checkbook works. Their checkbook superly works. And so I, it's like, I may not, I may not, them rich, a lot of them don't even vote. And they'll just sit there and say, look, X amount of dollars for X amount of results algebra let's find let's solve for x well how much money does it take for me to get what i need so i can get this stadium built so i can get these buildings done so i can get my permits for this that's it and and if if the person who's in office right now is not willing to play the game okay who's the competitor that is and how much money do i need to throw at their campaign to make sure they get into office so then when they're in there i can cut these checks and get what i need and that's the game so if you're going to say I'm not going I'm not involved in the system, fine. But know how the game go. Get yourself in a position that you can compete. Get yourself in a position that like I know people who teach who are, who are teaching uh, about politics who are not US citizens. So they couldn't even they couldn't vote if they wanted to. But they made it a point to make people knowledgeable about the propositions, about what was happening in their community, about what things that need to be done to make it better. They personally couldn't put a put couldn't put a vote in, in the box, but they made other people informed for what they can do. 
So, I mean, if you're not going to be involved in voting, fine. But your inability to move or your inactivity is still involvement. Brother, silence is still saying something. Yeah, I mean, being silent, still saying something. And and continuing to be conservative in these places like these southern states, continuing to and this is no disrespect on those folks who are you know believers, but I believe too, and I don't believe um, baby white Jesus is is telling me to, you know what I'm saying to keep uh, uh, a guy that has basically shown us he cannot he's not fit enough to run America in a way that it needs to be run. What you know what. I'm a backtrack again. I've been doing a lot of backtracking. He is because America is exactly who Trump has shown us to be. This is America. So again, we are deserving. So I ain't even going to put it on the conservative black Negroes who continue to hope on baby white Jesus to come through. And the Bible says, blah, 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 blah. I ain't going to even be mad at y'all. I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. Keep on building with the people that want to build and just keep on doing what I need to do. But I'm going to tell you this. And I'm only going to tell you this one time. I do not want to hear ever in a day when I start going on my racist uh, talk, when I start calling out white supremacy, when I start calling out a a, a, a system of oppression that so many of y'all had said, just go vote and we'll change. I ain't trying to hear none of y'all ever tell me nothing about nothing because I've been giving y'all the black blueprints on how this shit go. Y'all have been feeding yourself with your own bit of theory and your own bit of hope. And I say you cannot change a racist in a day. You can definitely not change a racist country that has built off racism that have won being racist for this is its conception. You're not going to change it by a few votes. Just not going to work. And if the mentality of black people don't change to start figuring out, well, we got to work with each other instead of kill each other. Hmm, that's an interesting concept. When Negroes can truly, Negroes to this day cannot go to neighborhood to neighborhood because of the simple fact it's not safe for us, but we're still pissed off as soon as some Trumpsters drive through. But the young Negro can't move from one community to one community because that's the wrong community. We have issues to deal with within ourselves before we can even look at what is happening outside of the structure. So it's also building within because the problem becomes we are not battle ready yet. We have too many battles in our own communities that continue to subject subject us to all of these outside distractions that does not keep us focused because our political ignorance and this idea that we don't show up at the polls and understanding history that the parties have failed us but not understanding that there is leverage in a failing party when we decide to say okay well y'all get all the time that y'all had let's create our own party we fall in line with that or we create a collective vote that now forces whatever person is in the presidency whether the person is in the council to say all right here's our agenda here's our playbook because all i keep hearing every damn time LGBTQ, LGBTQ. It's just like, damn, what happened to African-Americans? I thought that was supposed to be a thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not even written in in any of the languages that are talking about certain policies and certain changes. We're just grouped up into a, a book of color people. And that, to me, is not strategy. And to yeah, me, how LGBT gets grouped into minorities. I don't even understand that. But that's a whole other show yeah. for something else. But this reality that we keep on falling ourselves into is a cold, sick, sad reality because we possibly are about to get four more years, four more years of boastful, braggatocious, say whatever, do whatever, rhetoric, posturing. Is that not America in 2020? That's been America (laughs) since their conception. Right. It's been America. This is the boldness. American flags, uh, uh, blue live matter flags, Trump hats going crazy. And it's going to make some people sick. I'm OK with it either way. I'm OK with it either way. But I don't want to hear the common Negroes complaining. And I don't want to hear the overly woke Negroes telling me they got the plan because I've not seen anything break down to that yeah. level. 
Yeah. See, my thing is when I see the 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 pickup trucks and the Trump hats and it's like there's there's this perception that a lot of them believe that as black people, we're just supposed to get angered at the fact that they're Trump supporters. That this idea that, OK, well, you support Trump. OK. Trump's my president. All right. Like until you do something that infringes upon me or you're doing something like like you're trying to drive through and intimidate children and, and do all try to stop women from vote like that sort of stuff is, is different. But the simple fact that you're a Trump supporter means absolutely nothing to me. And so you want to run it back another four years. You'll feel emboldened. You'll feel proud. Go ahead. This is how they feel about Trump is how they felt about Reagan. <laughs> like there, yeah. there's like it, it, the the messaging from each president may be different. But the sentiment is the same. I, I got my cowboy president. I got the, a one who's not afraid to drop the bomb. I got one that, that's willing to do what, it, what we need to do. Like, like for what's, what's like that cowboy image, which still ran into, into Bush. Bush was, 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 was bombs over Baghdad, like Andre and Big Boy, when, when, when first Bush was president, with, with the, the first time around the Gulf War. And the nation looked at Clinton a certain way because he wasn't that guy. Until you got little little Bush back to bomb dropping. He wasn't that bright, but he was but he was back to bomb dropping. You, you, oh, you, go ahead. Obama always said, now I know historically it was time, but I think for this for the nation, Obama was president too early. Yeah. This nation had not evolved enough and was not enlightened enough for the type of president he was. Yep. Like he, he people loved Obama because he was what a lot of them aspired to be like that mentality, the the hope, the change, the unity, he, a, a representation of no, we have come further. <laughs> oh, no, we have moved past that an idea. But the fact of the matter is, is that the guy who's in office right now is the reality. Yes. <laughs> Obama was the idea. He was the hope. <laughs> Obama was the idea. Trump is the reality. Yeah. And I and I love the reality. And I and, and, so, I'm, and I'm be, I'm, I love the reality. Yeah. And so for people who are like, oh, this is this is this is nothing different. It's nothing new under the sun. So we like I said, it, as of right now, they're still counting votes. It's it's once they start Man, really opening Donald up. Donald Trump is about to be the president again. Yeah. Bro. We all and so with it. So when he runs it back for four more, I don't want to hear that. Well, my thing is is that if you if all these if you have all this energy for the last six months about the political cycle about who first off remember in two years there's more elections so uh, there are some terms in politics that are two years others that are four so you if you're all about that don't lose steam now no i mean you, you, you should be you well, i'm just saying for the people out there who who, who are thinking oh no, i only think sure. presidential cycle because yeah, like nah. cause everybody's and, that's not and i know that's the problem we got we're not again politically ignorant I was that. So for the folks that don't know, it's more than just your presidential cycle. So in two years, there's some more stuff coming up. But my thing is, like I said, what is your plan for the future? Because like I said, 2024, I'm not going to be surprised one bit on a Clinton Harris ticket. And I don't see that beating Pence. So what you so what you got to play is what am I going to do? Where Start where you are with what you've got before you start talking about what is the president doing in the White House? What does your house look like? Like your four walls. What's the relationship you have with your significant other? What's the relationship you have with your children? What's the relationship you have with your next door neighbor? What's your relationship with the local businesses that are surrounding where you live? What's your relationship with the schools that your children go to? The school district that's a part of the school that makes decisions for the curriculum and the process and the procedures that happens with your children. What's your relationship with the people in your community? Are, are, you, are you communicative? Is there any type of camaraderie? Any, or even just a local consensus of don't start none, won't be none. You don't have to be necessarily best friends with the person down the street, but at least we're the point to where we recognize that we are a community, even if it's just our street. Start where you are with what you've got. Because if everybody took a, a to just took stock of what's in my four walls, you're talking about what the president is saying about different people in different countries. Listen to what you say about your baby mama. You sitting over there worrying about what this this person is saying about this person. Think about what you say to your children's face. What are you saying about the person who lives two doors down? What are you screaming at the person who lives across the street? How involved? How are you cussing out your kid's teacher because they gave him a D because your kid didn't do the homework that they was assigned to do? Like, how involved are you where you are with what you've got? 
because if you're concerned, we live in California. If our if the people who live or where li where we live, if your concern is what's happening three thousand miles away, but you have absolutely no involvement with what's happening three miles away from you, you are already losing. California's a joke, dog. You are, all, that, but I'm, it, I'm talking about if, if you live in Ohio, I get it. If you yeah. live in in, in 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 Tennessee, if you are still focused on what's going on a thousand miles away, two thousand miles away, but you've taken no stock, no responsibility or accountability, what's happening two miles away from your household? Or what's happening 20 feet away from you right now, the relationship that you've established with the people in your home, the people in your neighborhood, in your community, if you're not doing anything with there, you're already hustling backwards. You're, you're already your, your focus is already misplaced. Because it, it, I'm saying and this is not a, a universal California. Thing. This is I happening everywhere. So I'm saying so if you're not focused on what's going on, start with where you are. Those relationships and those ties to those people, you already know. Those people, how you quick to talk bad about them, that you quick to take a personal matter to social media, that you're quick to say, instead of picking up the phone and hashing stuff out, you, you want to go on your own campaign and start bad mouthing and trash talking and creating an environment of distrust, of lack of communication, a broken community. If this is the way you move, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't purse your lips to say two words about what's happening in Congress. Or what this this policy that got pushed because your personal policies are jacked. Your personal policies have issue. Your personal policies are detrimental to the community that you have built for yourself. So I so I understand voting and I understand uh, understanding the, the 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 process, but your process starts with you. Yeah, well, it's not starting with some people. And about California to end this, California is a big joke. Because you have all these so-called democratic people, this democratic state that killed uh, Trump, and it makes you want to feel like, oh, my God, California, see, look at us. We're not dealing with Trump. But yet and still, the propositions that are here to help black people, Proposition, what, 16, um, to, you know, bring back affirmative action, it failed. <laughs> right? It's like, what the hell? Well, you got to remember, California is a little different because- well, well, no, no, just just so, so people know, there's there's been a, a push for the last 15 years to separate California into two states. The area that's just south of uh, Fresno, right when you start to move into L.A. County, all the way south to the border, wants to be its own state, and that state would be Republican. And that's where right. you start talking about L.A. County, uh, Orange County. Um, where's the, where's I, the money at when you get south? Starts with an H. Um, whatever. When um. Not humble, the uh, humble's not. The, the, um, oh, yeah, I'm not shoot. That's yeah, really where the money. That's where the money. That's me. But when you get all all those places down south, they've been trying to push to become a Republican state, I, I, and, and, you and know then what, the bro, agriculture up wants okay. to be Democratic. I, I, and I and I hear this, and I and that's and that's all good said standing. But my bottom line is this: it doesn't matter Republican or Democratic, right? Because they all walk in the same kind of freaking circles, and the circles are the circles of profit, the circle of capitalism, the circle yeah. of property over people and the ideas that we want to try to convey that california is any different than any other um southern state that votes for trump you are seeing why it's important to vote but you're also seeing the politics and we're also seeing why we need to separate from democratic to republican party because they don't represent us at the end of the day if we have this democratic regime and we have these democratic pr propositions yet these democratic propositions don't see a light of day only a few this is speaking volumes to what california truly is all this identifying with people like myself or you as if they speak for us it's it's unrealistic it's not true it's fake <laughs> we need as the people the people of america who fall under that one percent need to create our own party and politically another disaster for the democrats it helps us no way continuing to have them pander to us as if it's going to be a change when we continue to see no matter what they are not ready to level up in the experience of true um, political change because they continue to play the political games that they play with us making us believe that if you go blue you go for the best when it's all to be honest yeah. with you for me to say yeah that's why i think it's important that we we learn how these systems work past when it's campaigning time and people are showing their their posters and their commercials and instagram quotes and memes and we get past the the slogans 
and we actually learn how the process is actually become educated and knowledgeable about what's important to us about what things hit the ballot how it directly affects us and then what things that we're supposed to do that was like nascar over there brother <laughs> listen this is crazy you can hear that right yeah that's like 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 nascar like, turned the corner man, right over up. here i'm ready to tell them to stop you know but we got to keep our neighborhood clean so i, I guess Okay. Well, these are all the things that we want to make sure we come knowledge about. Next time you hear from us, there will be a decided president. Like I said, it looks like it's most likely going to be a, 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 a back-to-back, you know, Trump OVO celebration. Back-to-back. Back. <laughs> back and I don't want to hear their Negro talking, telling me about anything. And at the end of the day, we deserve four more years because America still is not ready. We still have not seen enough. And so we will continue to Fight the good fight, but I don't want to hear you niggas say nothing. I don't want to even talk about politics, about nothing, because I'm just going to be building, building, building. All right. Well, when they want to talk to you about it, how can they find you? Sure, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, Barry working, Axios, working. I'm just with you, bro. <laughs> Barry Axius Twitter, Barry Axius IG, Barry Axius Facebook. I'm out of Facebook jail for probably a few more days. I think in the next um, few days, I'll probably be back in because I'll probably say something politically incorrect that Facebook wants to censor me. And this is another thing we have to do is open up our own social media challenges there are a few for us there are a few we can just that on another win. show yeah that, that's what i'm saying that's how they get win. win that's how they get win. We, we bring them up on another show uh, i'm jermaine morris on facebook every other social media platform is at j morris ceo it's been a say something podcast say something with jermaine morris and barry axis yes, and until next show trump trump trump, trump trump four more years four more years and we will holler at you later cheer